0: Ourselves this morning in the book of 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel is just before 2 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter number 17 in verse 23. Can you have it? Say amen. jump through a little bit of this chapter for our text this morning 1 Samuel chapter number 23 And as he talked with them behold there came up the champion the Philistine of Gath Goliath by name out of the armies of the Philistines and spake according to the same words and David heard them that he was coming out day after day after day and all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were sore afraid. Now, get the picture. He's down in the valley. He's out in the battlefield, and he's spe- stepping out, yelling at them, challenging them, and yet they're running and hiding. He's not even close to them yet. Verse 29. And David said, because David is now on the scene, David said, What have I now done? Because his brother's. Are telling him, Hey, I know I know what your heart's like. And his question is, is is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? Verse 32. Now he's standing before King Saul. David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him, being Goliath. Thy servant will go and fight this Philistine. And Saul said to David, you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are but a youth, and he's a man of war from his youth. Verse number 40. So David took his staff in his hand, chose him five smooth stones out of the brook, put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had even in a scrip, and his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine, and the Philistine came on, And drew near unto David, and the man that bare the shield went before it. Amen. I want to preach this morning that it's time to confront your giants. It's time to confront your giants. Before you're seated today, would you turn to someone and tell them it's time to confront your giants? Amen. You can be seated this morning. God bless you. archaeologist was digging in the Negev desert in Israel and came upon a casket containing a mummy. After examining it, he called the curator of a prestigious natural history museum. He said, I've just discovered a 3,000-year-old mummy of a man who died of heart failure. The excited scientist exclaimed, and the curator replied, bring him in, we'll check it out. A week later, the amazed curator called the archaeologist. He said, You were right about the mummy's age and cause of death. How in the world did you know? He said, Easy. There was a piece of paper in his hand that said 10,000 shekels on Goliath. I'll give you a second to catch up with me on that one. My first year of high school, I. Uh, decided to join the wrestling team and I, I am not proud to say that I was uh, wearing those uniforms but I joined the wrestling team and uh, my first year I was, I was not very good at wrestling I, I was on the junior varsity team because I was not good enough to be on the varsity team in fact I had not I did not win uh, any matches that year except my final match I won one match the whole year. I was not very good my first year. But one particular uh, match, because each school would go again we'd go against different schools at different points and different weight classes, and I was much thinner then and and I was uh, in the wrestling in the one seventy weight class and and uh, I'm a little bit above that now, but uh, but I was wrestling in that one seventy weight class and and that particular. Uh, match that we had with this with this other school, uh, our our varsity wrestler in our, in our weight class in my weight class he he was not there he was not able to wrestle, and so they had to put somebody in that position. So they pulled me up into that, and I was offered as the uh, as the sacrificial lamb. Actually, if I remember correctly, no, I got the I got the story wrong. Let me correct that. I was still on on junior varsity. They didn't they didn't bring me up to varsity but there wasn't enough people that's what it was there wasn't enough uh, people on the other team for me to wrestle at my weight class so the only option was for me to go up to heavy division so that was, that was like wrestling somebody like me right now and so I look out at this guy I'm, I'm wrestling heavyweight in, in this particular match and this guy is huge He's a monster, and I, and I walk out on the mat, and I could hear people laughing because of the size difference. But I went out there. I was just excited to wrestle, and I was excited to take him on, just see what happens. And, and I did everything I could, but I wasn't moving that monster. And finally, through one move or something, he got me in the right position and he did what's called a head throw. He took me and threw me down. And you know those gyms? Those floors, they just kind of resonate. When I hit, it, was, you could hear it. Boom! Through the whole gym. And I'm the one that just got thrown. And I heard the crowd. Ooh! Needless to say, I did not win that match but I confronted the giant. <laughs> but thank the Lord that the Lord is the one that fights our battles. Thank the Lord that we don't have to worry when we confront giants in our spiritual living, that we don't have to worry about having all the right moves. We don't have to worry about being able to do everything according to our skill and our ability, but God is the one who works in and through us, that God is the one who, who is able, hallelujah, to win and fight our battles for us. Praise God. It's time to confront your giants. As I was thinking about this message for today, what I could bring to you uh, from the word of the Lord, and I lay down to sleep last night, and the Lord just put this in my spirit. It's time to confront your giants. We seemingly have it all together. But there are some giants in our lives that are confronting us every day when we wake up. It taunts us through our days as we try to live as the children of God. Addictions, temptations, things that have us in bondage, spiritual oppressions, temptations to sin. It's time someone this morning just got sick and tired of the enemy having control of the battlefield. It's time that someone got angry enough with the giants of the enemy's work to confront them without fear and confront them in faith. Praise God. Every day in the valley, Goliath would come out. In verse number 16 of our text, 1 Samuel 17, 16. The scripture tells us that the Philistine drew near Morning and evening. He wasn't letting them get up in the morning without hearing His voice. He wasn't letting them go to bed at night without hearing His voice. And every day, much like our living, we've got the giants that confront us that when we get up in the morning, that's all we can think about. When we go to bed at night, we have a hard time falling asleep. Because that's all we can think about. And that's what Goliath was doing to the people of God. He was unrelenting. The enemy, folks, is not willing to give you a break. He's not interested in going easy on you. He wants to torment you every day of your life. He wants your focus, your attentions, your worries, your fears, all to be about him. He wants you to worry about what's going to happen today, but not just today. He wants you to worry about tomorrow too. Your every thought, your every care becomes about the giants of your life. You want to think about how to defeat him, but he's already gotten in your head. He was in the low point of of the children of Israel's living. He was in the valley of Elah. It seems sometimes that when we face the giants of our lives that they're found in the valleys of our living. The enemy wants to bring you low, to bring you down to the valleys of your life, of your spiritual life, to the low points that he can confront you so that he can bring fear into your living. But I want to tell somebody this morning... That your greatest victories, the most powerful testimonies that you will gain in your walk with God will be found when you go through the valleys with the help of the Lord. It's that very same David that wrote Psalm 23 and said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Praise God. And little did David know and little did the armies of Israel know that it was going to be the giant in their valley that would serve as testimony for their futures. When you go through the valley, the giant doesn't have to overtake you. When you go through the valley, the giants can fall before you by the hand of God because of your faith and your courage to let God do His work. Now this guy was seemingly undefeatable. He's big, bad, and ugly. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 4, I'm going to read it in a different translation just so we get a little bit better idea of numbers and how this works. 1 Samuel 17.4, the Philistine army's champion came out of their camp. His name was Goliath from Gath. He was 10 feet tall. Now, some put it around 9 foot 6, but close enough, round up. Dude was 10 feet tall. He had a bronze helmet on his head. He wore a bronze coat of armor, scales weighing 125 pounds. On his legs... He had bronze shin guards and on his back a bronze javelin. The shaft of his spear was like the beam used by weavers. The head of his spear was made of 15 pounds of iron. Isn't that amazing? That would be intimidating to say the least. To see this giant of a man that he's got a telephone pole on his back. Crazy. He's noted as being approximately ten feet tall. He's got such great armor, such huge weapons. He's a fighting man from his youth. He's got a great army behind him, and everybody agreed that he was undefeatable. David's brothers told David that he couldn't do it. King Saul, in verse thirty-three, he said, "You're not able to go against the Philistine." To fight with him, you're just a young guy. And he's been a man of war from his youth. But David, he didn't listen to the naysayers. He didn't listen to those who said that you're always going to be stuck like this. That you're never going to be able to get out of your dilemma because Goliath is too strong, the army is too great, their weapons are too big. David put those aside because he remembered his own testimony. Folks, if you're here this morning, you've got a testimony. I don't care what you've come through. I don't care what's brought you here. The fact that you're still living, the fact that you're here in the house of the Lord, you've got a testimony. He's looking out for you. He's brought you to this place. He's given you at least another chance. He's given you another opportunity. You've at least got that testimony that God cares enough about you to bring you back to His house to hear the Word of God and to fellowship with His people and to worship Him. Hallelujah, that's a God who cares about you. But David... He didn't keep his testimony to himself. He not only reminded himself of his testimony, but he told King Saul and those who would hear his testimony. In 1 Samuel 17, 34, David said to Saul, Your servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. I went out after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine, he's going to be just like one of them because he's defied the armies of the living God. Folks, you need to remember what God has done in your life because tribulation works patience, patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed. I can stand, you can stand, and confront the giants that are facing you today. Hallelujah. Because of the testimony that God gave you from your yesterdays. He had faith In the God of his testimony. Verse 37. David said, moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion, he wasn't just taking credit for it, but he said, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion, out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said to David, go, and the Lord be with you. Go, and the Lord be with you. Hallelujah. David did not just take credit saying, I did this and I did that. No, he gave the credit and the glory to God who was working for him on his behalf to win the battles that he's already come through. And folks, you've had to come through some battles to get to this place this morning. You're going to have some battles later today. You're going to have some battles even right now. Some of you are going through it in the battlefield of your mind right now in Jesus' name. But I'm I'm telling you that God is here and God will bring you through it just like he's brought you through before. David's saying, I know where I've been. I know what God has done. I need not fear. I know he has won. Uh, Folks, it's time to confront your giants. Hallelujah. Turn to somebody and tell them again. It's time to confront your giants. And this giant, he, he steps out onto the battlefield. He doesn't really want to fight. He just wants to make a deal. He wants to put you in a bind. He wants to put you in a spot that you've got to make a decision that you don't really have to make. You see, they could have rejected his deal outright and said, let's go at it. But they were fearful. You see, he doesn't really want to engage in battle with you because he knows what happens when he engages in battle. He just wants to get in your head. He wants to, to get inside that mind that, that you are, you, you are, you've got all sorts of thoughts going on of what happens here and what happens there. And, 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 and you know, when I, when I look at him, he's too big. His weapons are too powerful. His armor is too strong. And, and he's getting into their head. You can't do it. Well, then he's already got you beat. That's why he can offer false promises. That if you win, we'll be your servants. Amen. Don't give ear to the enemy. Don't listen to the giants of your life. Because when you do... They will make you slaves, not just in body, but in mind and in spirit. Those those thoughts of fear, those thoughts of of doubt, those thoughts of of lack of self-worth, those thoughts of apathy, all of these things are what the enemy is trying to bring into your life by confronting you with giants that, that seem to be too powerful to overcome. Some of you right now, you're trying to think of the giants that you're facing. You're thinking of those things that are are too great, that they're, they're too big for you to feel like you can overcome them. Well, I'm telling you today that God is able. He is able to do the impossible. Folks, you think about the God that David was declaring not just that he was able to save me from the paw, the lion, and the bear. But you think of the God that David worshipped. He was out there on that field night and day watching his sheep. And as he was there, he would write psalms. He would talk about the goodness and the greatness of God. He would look up into the heavens. Hallelujah. And he say, who is man that you are mindful of him? He would look out upon nature and see all that God had created by his power and by his might. And he understood that this giant was nothing compared to a God who could speak and light come into existence. That he was nothing compared to a God who could speak and make the heavens and the earth. He understood that Goliath from the perspective of God was less than an ant. And so David, he arrives on the scene. He hears what's going on. We've already talked about that. But everybody is afraid. He talked with them in verse 23. And that champion, Goliath, came up. And he spoke the same words. And David heard them. He's been speaking to them for 40 days. So David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Their hearts were failing them for fear. At the very sight and sound of Goliath, they would run and hide. It wasn't like he was charging them. No, he just stepped out and began to challenge them And they began to hide from him. Folks, isn't that sometimes how we respond? Is that the best way that we can feel that we we can respond is to shut ourselves in and hide away. I don't need to go to church today. I've got too much going on. I'm too overwhelmed. Need to go to prayer today. I don't need to open my Bible today because I you know I've got so many worries and so many things that, that I'm facing, and we find ourselves hiding because the enemy seems too great. Am I preaching to anybody today? Let no man's heart fail because of him. And so David stands up, confronts his brothers who are calling him out, says, what have I done? But then he responds to them with another question, is there not a cause? And he turned from him toward another and spake after the same manner, and the people answered him again after the former manner. He began to question them, is there not a cause? I don't care how big he is. I don't care how powerful he may seem. Hallelujah. I got a God who is able. Is there not a cause? Is God's word a uh, uh, power? Is God's uh, purpose for you? Uh, is that not enough to stand up against the enemy? My life lies in the balance. My family lies in the balance. Fear, the honor, the reverence of God and His name, that all lies in the balance. Is there not a cause? I've got a giant that's threatening to take me and my family into bondage. I've got a giant that's standing... Against who I know that God is. I've got a giant that's coming against the people of God. And all I see around me is fear. All I hear is fear. It's time, folks, to confront your giants. And so in verse 40. David took. There's a lot that went on in between. But David took his staff in his hand. He chose out five smooth stones out of the brook. He put them in his shepherd's bag, which he had even in a script, and his sling was in his hand. And the Bible tells us that he drew near to the Philistine. Everyone else was hiding. Everyone else was cowering. But David going up against a 10 foot tall giant who had massive armor who had powerful weapons David goes out with a shepherd's staff with a leather strap as a sling and five stones that doesn't sound like a fair fight But David, he was not cowering. Again, the scripture says that he drew near to the Philistine. And he proclaimed to that that Philistine in verse 45, he said, You come to me with sword, a spear, and a shield, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast. Has defied. And he looked Goliath in the eye as best as he could. And he says, This day will the Lord deliver you into my hand, and I will smite you and take your head from you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Folks, we've got, we've got too many times that we're cowering, too many times that we're hiding away. But praise God if we understand that we've got the name of the Lord. If we understand that we've got the authority that comes as the children of God. Hallelujah. If we understand that He's on our side. Praise God. There is a cause for us to stand up and confront the giants that are trying to bring us down. So David he and Goliath begin to charge each other. It's number 49. David put his hand in his bag, took thence a stone and slang it and smote the Philistine in his forehead and the stone sunk into his forehead and he fell upon his face to the earth. And so David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and smote the Philistine and slew him. But there was no sword in David's hand and so he ended up taking Goliath's sword and lopped his head off. He made a promise. And he fulfilled that promise. David didn't run from his giant. He ran toward him. He took the stone from his pouch and put it in the sling and he slung it. He had no other physical weapon with him other than the sling and stone. You may not have much, folks. You may not have skill or ability. You may not have a whole lot of knowledge of the Word of God. But I'm going to tell you one thing that you do have. You've got a rock. He may be the stone that the builders rejected, but he's by my side. Hallelujah. I don't know why it took five. There's all sorts of answers that I'm not even going to try to give right now. But my greatest weapon is not my skill or my abilities. Uh, The greatest weapon that we've got uh, is the rock Christ Jesus. Uh, Hallelujah. When you confront your giants today, you need Jesus. Uh, When you call him up uh, and call his name in every situation, every family problem, every sickness, uh, every discouragement, every temptation, and every fear, you can call Jesus. Uh, Hallelujah. Every circumstance, uh, you reach in and you grab a stone, the stone of Jesus. Uh, Hallelujah. It's time to confront your giants today, not with your abilities, not with your skill, not trying to get through it on your own and by your own might. Uh, Hallelujah. But you call on Jesus. You're trying to figure it out on your own. You're trying to overcome sin and temptation on your own. But you've got an advocate. And his name is Jesus. Folks, you don't have to have it all together. You've just got to make sure that you've got the rock by your side. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that when the situation comes up, not as a Jesus bottle, but by faith, knowing that there is a righteous cause, that you're trying to be saved and you're trying to make sure that your family is saved and that, that your, your, your co-workers are saved. That no matter what you're going through, to get you by and get you out of it, to to overcome the giants of your life, you reach in and you take out that stone, the rock Christ Jesus, and you throw him into the battle. You throw him up against the giants of your life. And I will tell you that there is no giant, no spirit, no enemy that can stand against the name of Jesus. Isn't that what David said he came to battle with? He said, you come to me with sword, a spear, and a shield, but I come to you. He didn't say with a bunch of rocks. He said, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel. And we know him today as Jesus, Jehovah's salvation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is there not a cause? I don't want to be a slave to the enemy. I don't want my family to be slaves to the enemy. God's people are designed and purposed to be victorious. In fact, when you go to the end of the book, uh, you can read it for yourself. Uh, it's already determined that the church is going to be victorious. I just want to be part of the church. I want to be saved. I want to be in that great homecoming. No man or God is to be raised higher than my God, the one true almighty God. And so we must not run from the giants that come against us. Uh, Take the stones and sling them at the giant. Uh, Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. Uh, When I fall, I shall arise Uh, greater is he uh, that is in me uh, than he that is in the world Uh, no weapon formed against me shall prosper uh, in every tongue that can i'm misquoting it hallelujah you know what it is i don't like misquoting scripture but through the power of the holy ghost uh, those stones that you throw in jesus name hallelujah they will not only find their mark uh, but because of the Spirit, they will be powerful. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse four. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity. every thought to the obedience of Christ and having a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. And Paul told the Ephesian church that it's through prayer and supplication that the armor that we put on gets put into play, that it gets activated through prayer and supplication. And I'm going to tell somebody today that in just a few minutes we're going to have an altar call. In a few minutes, we're going to have a time that you spend in prayer. And we're going to begin confronting giants in our lives. But you need to go to the Lord in prayer and let Him take the burdens off of you. Let Him take those worries and those fears and those doubts off of you so that you can rise up again the enemy of your soul and you can call the name of Jesus in faith knowing that he is able to save to the uttermost praise God would you stand with me this morning there are giants that you are facing right now giants of temptation that you just keep giving in to sin and you're trying to overcome but you're not doing it in prayer you're not doing it by fasting you're not doing it through the study of the scripture you're just trying to do it on your own that you're trying to overcome the fears that plague your mind and your heart but you're doing it in your own power Folks, there's a time to go to the brook pick out those smooth stones. There's a time to go down and kneel in prayer and let the Spirit of the Lord sweep over you. There's a time like we're going to have today in just a few moments that you're going to go to a place, that brook, and you're going to let the Holy Ghost just begin to move over your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And there you can pick up those stones. And you equip yourself with the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord, you get authority. In the name of the Lord, you get power. In the name of the Lord, you will find forgiveness for the sins that you have committed. In the name of the Lord. but it doesn't come just by throwing the name out. You've got to find that time to go to the brook. You've got to find that time, that that opportunity to go to that place of prayer, to shut in with God in that secret place. You've got to find that place where the Holy Ghost moves over you and sweeps through your life, cleansing you from your sin. Refreshing your spirit, reviving your hope, and lifting your faith. Because from that place, David went to the battlefield. He says, I don't have much. Took a stone out and something so small brought down the giant that everybody feared. You say, but it's just a prayer. You say, but it's just a name. So seemingly insignificant has such power by the help of the Lord because it wasn't under David's strength. Oh, yes, David slung it, but the Bible tells us that there was a wind that took that stone and sunk it deep into the forehead of Goliath. Stop trying to do it on your own you get up from that brook, that place of refreshing, it's time. It's time to confront your giants. It's time to confront those those temptations and uh, uh, addictions and oppressions. It's time to confront those fears and those doubts because they're standing against you. They're standing against the knowledge of God. giants are you facing this morning what giant is confronting you they've taken you captive they've caused you fear you've got to confront them yourself this morning it's not going to be on a physical battlefield with a physical sling and stones will you hide like the armies of Israel and think you know what I'll do this at another time we'll wait for something else to happen and then I'll do it. Or will you ask the question that David did? Is there not a cause? And step out and confront more giants. Did you close your eyes this morning? struggling even right now with the thought of coming forward to an altar because they don't want to admit that something is wrong that something is going on that they've got giants at their face god i pray for liberty right now i pray god that the testimony of what you've done in their lives up to this point would bring them to this place god this place of renewal of refreshing of revival god i pray lord make the way god for them that all the naysayers would be cast aside and that they would simply seek to know your will and your purpose. Hallelujah. Would you find a place to pray right now? Would you come to an altar?